0: On this week's episode, I take a look at some of the hottest teams and players around the league. Plus, I've got a big announcement. All that and more on Check the Scoreboard. Welcome into episode 15 of Check the Scoreboard. Uh, Check the Scoreboard podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and I just appreciate you guys for riding with me. Uh, we're 15 episodes deep and and I'm I'm enjoying doing this thing and I've been having a lot of fun uh, you know just getting back into basketball. I actually um, have launched a blog to go along with the podcast. It's called the Check the Scoreboard blog and you can find that on uh, my Wix site that's jhmlkennedy.wixsite.com. And I just posted a story recently about the time I met DeMarcus Cousins in 8th grade. So if you are interested in something like that I think it's a funny story Uh, it's something that is very true it it really happened Uh, he walked into my middle school gym on the day of our student teacher basketball game and I told him that I was going to dunk on him and (laughs) obviously we can see how that turned out DeMarcus Cousins is 6'11 5 foot 8 I can I can probably say that that will never happen I'll never dunk on him Uh, but it's a funny story uh, if you want to just go and check it out uh, it's you can find it on my social media, on my Twitter page, on my Facebook as well, uh, because I, I, as I post the links to those stories there. But I'm working on a new piece uh, for this week, and it is actually gonna be the subject of my player analysis. I'm gonna go a little bit deeper into that. But before we jump into all of that, we are gonna do some house cleaning, as you guys know, of course, every single week. I take a look at the standings. I see who is trending up and who's trending down. Uh, and we start in the Eastern Conference. So just starting in, in, with the Eastern Conference, the Raptors, the Bucks, and the Pacers sit at the top three spots, respectively. The Raptors have won five games in a row since they uh, got their face beat in by the San Antonio Spurs in and, and that Thursday night game on TNT a couple weeks ago. They're up to 33-12 with a the record. Um, they're 22-7 and seven in the Eastern Conference. They're 5-3 and three against their own division. And they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. So the Raptors are really rolling, not going to spend much time on them. Uh, just, I mean, it's just kind of like what we expect, and they've got Kawhi Leonard who's second in the All Star voting uh, for the Eastern Conference players. This is actually funny. I would like to see. Uh, I would love to see Kawhi because if you know how they're doing the All Star again this year, or the there's the, the there's the same format as last year. The the two team captains or the the guys who have the two most votes, like in the Western and Eastern Conference, will pick their teams. Giannis right now leads the Eastern Conference and Kawhi is second behind him and LeBron leads the Western Conference. So I would love, I would love to see Kawhi pick if he can somehow overtake Giannis. I think he's trailing him by like a lot of votes, but if we can somehow get Kawhi into first place, I would love to see Kawhi on national TV picking his teams because of his personality, because he's so stoic. He's like a robot. I want to see him pick his teams I mean, we know LeBron's gonna bring like the flavor and the flair, and he's gonna be funny. He's gonna be funny about it. But I want to see Kawhi like pick his All Star. Like I want to see him pick his five players and then his reserves. Like, just give this to me, universe. Like I want to see it. Um, but not gonna spend much time on the Raptors because they're rolling and they're doing so well. The Bucks are right there behind them at 31 and 12. Uh, they're they're a game back a first place. They're eight and two in their last ten as well. They're eight and one in their division. They're 21 and seven against their conference. Really cool things right now happening in the in the Eastern Conference atop because you've still got the Pacers at twenty nine and fourteen. And they as much as of a surprise that they looked like they were gonna be last year with the way that with how well they played and you know, how well Nate McMillan had those guys gelling and, and how they just you know, they came into the playoffs. They're even better this year and even more impressive. I, I think they're more impressive than any team, well, besides the Nets who are who are hanging around and you know in playoff contention. But the Pacers are one of the more impressive teams in the in the league. I mean, yeah, like they you you figure that they're gonna be in the playoffs because of the the roster that they have, the players that they have, but no one thought that they would be this good, like twenty nine and fourteen good on January sixteenth. You know, we're 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 a little over halfway through the season. And the Pacers are hanging tough. They're they're right there. They're three games back of first place, you know, in the Eastern Conference they're a game ahead of the 76ers and four games ahead of the Boston Celtics who are in fifth place so uh, and they missed Victor Oladipo for a month and with that and they like they got, they shot up they shot up in the standings when Vic went out so it's not like they they fell off or they trailed they kept the same energy and they're playing even better now with now that he's back so they're 15 and 5 at home they're 14 and 9 on the road I mean, the Pacers are looking like one of those really good teams. And speaking of the Celtics, they're one of the more disappointing teams. They're just – they're very ebb and flowy right now. Uh, it's it's very confusing. They've lost three in a row. They had two bad losses against the Magic and the Nets. They blew a double-digit point lead against the Magic. And then they – of course, they lost to the Nets on Sunday. And Kyrie came out after that Magic game, and he just said, like, look, these young guys – these young guys think they know what it takes to win, but they don't. I mean – he said, "I mean, like he said, they think they know what it takes to get to the finals. They think they know what it takes to win, to do that, but they, but they don't. And I mean, to be honest with you, they are playing like a young team. They're right now. They're looking like last year's last year season was a fluke. Getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, getting up two games to none over over LeBron's Cavaliers, and, and pushing them to a game seven. That's looking like a fluke right now because they've just been so up and down, right?" They started out 10 and 10. They won 8 games in a row. Then they lost a couple of games in a row. Then they won a couple of games in a row. And now they've lost three in a row. And they're 20 I mean they're still 7 games over at 25 and 18, but the Celtics aren't supposed to be 7 games out of first place. The Celtics are supposed to be where the Bucks are in second place, if not first place. We all thought the Celtics or a lot of us thought the Celtics, I thought the Celtics I'm going to speak for myself. I thought the Celtics were the best team in the Eastern Conference. I thought they'd be at the top, and right now they're not. I, the, there's no way to explain it other than the fact that they've had some injuries. You know, they just they lost Aaron Baines with a broken hand. Kyrie's missed some games. Horford's missed some games. Like, Jalen Brown missed some games. But they're just not playing to their potential right now, and that's a real problem. That's a head-scratcher. Um... They just – there's no way that the Celtics – we should be talking about the Celtics being seven games back of first place. And it's – I mean, again, it's only January 16th, and a lot can change. And just thinking about the Jazz, what they did last year, they were like 19-31 and at this point last year before they turned it on and and catapulted. So, I mean, the Celtics could easily do that because of how good they are. But right now, Kyrie's saying, like, those guys don't know what it takes to win. They don't have it. And, I mean – that's tough because, I mean, he came out and he apologized for his comments and saying that he should have never spoken out against his teammates like that. But he was being truthful. He says he just really wants to win. And I believe sometimes you have to you have to openly challenge your teammates. Now, should you do it, you know, to the media? Maybe not. But he said what he said, and that's the end of it. You know, like now he has to be they, – they they've got to figure it out. I mean that, and that's just what it is and that's what the Celtics have to do and they play the Raptors tonight Wednesday night and that's gonna be a big game that's gonna be a statement game because the Celtics they need to win that game. uh I think that they need to win that game even even though I just talked about how we're only just halfway you know into the season. The Celtics need to win this game because they need to prove to themselves that they can get back in at number one because if they beat the Raptors they pick up a full game number two, they need this confidence because if they meet the Raptors in the playoffs, because right now it's looking like the Celtics aren't going to have home court, so they're going to have to prove that they can beat the Raptors at some point. If they want to go to the finals, they're going to have to go through Toronto instead of Toronto having to come through Boston. So that's 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 why tonight's game is so important uh, for the Celtics, and the, it's important for the Raptors too because they need to show that we ain't gonna we ain't letting up. We're not going to let up. We're not going to take our opponent lightly because of their sh- because of their struggles. They still have Kyrie Irving. They still have Jason Tatum. They still have Jalen Brown. They still have all those talented guys on their roster. We don't. We're not taking them lightly. So surprised. I'm interested to see what the Celtics do tonight against the Raptors. Uh, and moving on, we've got the Heat. The Miami Heat are very surprising. I have them. I have a star by them because they're they're six. They're up to 21 and 21. Uh, they're ten and a half games out. Justice Winslow has been playing really well for them since he's shifted into that point guard position. Eric Boulter named uh, Eric Spilcher named Justice Winslow as the starting point guard around the the Houston game. Um, I, he didn't play in the Houston game, but that's like when he was named the the starter. Or I, I'm pretty sure he did play in the Houston game, uh, but I couldn't find any stats. He was, they weren't listed on ESPN. Um, but they're eight and five since I mean he's shifted into that point guard role. He's averaging fifteen. He's averaging sixteen and six. So sixteen point six assists. A game in Miami. I mean, they're they're even killed. They're hanging tough right right now in that Eastern Conference. And all you have to do is break five hundred, and you're in the playoffs in the East. I mean, that's 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 how low the bar is. Um, and they're right there. So I, I mean, like Justice Winslow, they keep playing well behind him, uh, and the Heat could find themselves in a comfortable position to play someone like the Nets or the Hornets, who are seven and eight, uh, in in that Eastern Conference. And so. I mean that's how the East is shaping up, and then taking a look at the West, you've got Golden State. They just overtook the Nuggets for first place, and, and you know they just they put up 51 in the first quarter. That was a franchise record for them. They put up 51 in the first quarter on 10 threes last night uh, against the Nuggets. Steph, Clay, uh, and KD went off. Steph and Clay finished with 31 apiece. KD had 29. They're the f- they're the first trio of teammates actually. They're the first three of teammates since themselves, like last year, to put up at least to like all three put up at least 25 in a game. Incredible, like insane. Steph is coming off of a 48-point game against the, the Mavericks on Sunday. So he turns around and he has 31 against the Nuggets, the best team in the Western Conference, until Golden State beat them. Um they're they're up to 30 and 14. They've won five in a row. So they're picking it up. And Obviously, last night was January 15th. I said last week on the podcast that they were going to get Boogie back. I had the team right, but I did not have the date right. So I had him coming back against the Clippers, but they played the Clippers on the 19th. Um, Or not the 19th. They played the Clippers on the 18th of January. I had them playing the Clippers on the 15th of January. Um, Very not correct because they played the the Nuggets last night. Um, So, Big win for the big win for the Warriors. I mean, not so much a big loss for the Nuggets. I mean, it's it's been flippy floppy all season long between those two teams. And the Thunder, they they're sitting in third place just kind of watching. Um and that's kind of what it's gonna be. I don't think the Thunder are gonna make any big surge to insert themselves into that that number two, number one conversation. But I mean, as right now the Thunder, they're just playing to To keep the Rockets off their heels because the Rockets are playing super well under James Harden, who has now broken the record for uh, most consecutive games with at least 30 points, right? So James is now 17 straight games with at least 30 points. He broke Kobe Bryant's record of 16 straight, and that's the most since the merger, the 76 77 NBA merger. The way that James Harden is playing right now is incredible. He had 59 or he had 57 against the Grizzlies on Monday. I mean, like, he had, he had more points himself than the Grizzlies starting five did. They had, the Grizzlies starting five had fifty three points combined. James Harden had fifty seven. He had thirty six in the first half. I mean, it's getting. I, owed, I I actually owe James Harden an apology because like you watch James Harden and the number one thing that you notice is that he he's going left constantly. He's like, and so of course like the casual fan you're watching and you're going like you just notice that and you just go like okay like well, why don't they just stop him from going left. I mean, like that's easy. Like, just make him go right, and then you sit there and you watch him, and he's locked in right now. If you're forcing him to go right, he's just stepping back. He's shooting three in front of you, and that's, and he's making that every single time. Every time he, every time he takes that step back, if you're, if you're, if you're playing him to force him to go right, he's just taking that step back because he, he knows that he has number one, he has a step on you. Number two, he gets those. He gets those calls. He gets those foul calls. So if you get too close in his grill, he's coming down. He's landing. He has the ability to draw that call, and he's making that three. So he's going to the line for a four-point play. And he's skilled. He's crafty, right? So I, I owe James an apology. I'm James. I'm sorry. I apologize for thinking that it's so easy to to stop you. Uh, it's it's really tough. It's a struggle. Oh my gosh! Like I can't even. I don't just watching just watching them play right now because they the Rockets have played so many games on national television lately. Um, he's insane. It's I don't even he's insane, and I I have to go back and look at what they're doing right now since Chris Paul's been out. But I I don't I don't think they've lost more than three games since Chris Paul's been out, honestly. That Miami game was when he left. They lost that game since that game. They won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. So, and they've lost one, two, three. They've lost only three. They're nine and three. If you count the Miami loss, which is when Chris Paul went out, they're nine and four. So they're nine and three in full games. Full, like complete 48-minute games without Chris Paul. James Harden is carrying him. He's at 57, 38, 43, 42, 32, 38, 44, just in the month of January. He's averaging 42 this month, 42 a game. He's averaging eight rebounds, non-assists, 10 assists, basically. It rounds up, right? He's shooting shooting at least 11 free throws a game on average, or he's shooting at least 12 a game on average, excuse me. He's making at least 11 of them. He's shooting 35% from three. Granted, like he had an awful, and that's skewered because he had an awful one for 17 game against the Magic. When you look at that, he went one for 17, but he scored 38 points, right? He was 11 of 32 from the field. So almost half of his misses came from the three point line. And he was 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Uh, You can't, like, when you look at those numbers, you cannot guard. I mean, it's tough to guard that. It's tough to say, like, okay, like we have a concrete way to stop James Harden but then i was watching the rockets and and i'm thinking why don't you just let james harden get his but then make sure everybody else doesn't get theirs i mean i get it like james harden has the ball in his hands all eyes are on him you're trying to make sure that you keep you're stopping him but what if what if everybody just plays their man right you just play your man just play your guy james harden by himself he he cannot beat you unless you score less than 100 points or unless you allow James Harden to go with Chamberlain and score 100 points, he can't beat you by himself. So, I mean, like, maybe what if the key to beating the Rockets is to just let James Harden get his, you stop everybody else on his team, and, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, because the Rockets are not a strong defensive team, right? They've given up, besides the Grizzlies, they've given up 116, 113, 116, 113, 110, or yeah, 110. They've given up 134. So, and that's just this month alone. And they've played the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Cavaliers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the, the Trailblazers, and the Warriors. They're not going to play enough defense to, to hold you under 80 points. They're not going to, like, they're not going to play that level of defense. So, all you have to do is stop him or stop everyone around him. I think that's the key to stopping the Rockets. If you want to slow them down, I mean, James Harden, he's going to score what he scores. He's going to get it. You have to stop everyone around him, though, and I think that's how you come out with the win. I think that's how you you win, and that, that could be a little naive. I could just, I'm just throwing ideas out there at this point in time because I don't see anything else uh, seemingly stopping James Harden. But taking a look at the rest of the Western Conference standings, uh, behind... Behind Houston, you've got the Trailblazers, the Clippers, Spurs, and the Lakers who are teetering. Um, they're holding on by a thread to that 8 spot. They're 3-7 and seven without LeBron. They've been playing – and 3-9, excuse me. They're awful without LeBron. They're not playing well. Really not playing well. They've shown their youth. Um, just the losses that they have. They recently lost on Sunday. They lost Sunday. It was, it was an awful loss. They lose to? It was a really bad team because they were memeing the Lakers. Um, it was to grief. It was to the Cavs. They lost to the Cavs on Sunday. Yeah, it's it was like the it's like that meme of the Warriors uh, when the Warriors were losing to the Kings when the Kings were still really awful or something like that. And there was a, they did like that shot over to the bench of the, to the Warriors bench or it might have, actually it was the Lakers. It was when the Lakers were not very good and the Warriors were getting beat by like thirty points. And there's a shot over to the bench and you've got Steph Clay and like they're like they're all like staring off into space and they can't believe it. That's <laughs> that's kind of like what this Lakers meme was like. The players are all in the court like they just they're in just disbelief that they just lost the Cavs like the worst team in the league that's just they're just really they're just their youth is showing really badly and they don't have any type of leadership i was reading an article on the ringer.com about the lakers struggling and it's and lonzo ball said he told um he 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 told i mean he, he just flat out said like they don't have they don't have a vocal guy rondo and lebron are the two vocal guys and rondo's out he's hurt lebron's hurt so you don't have anyone on the court who's talking really. Kuz is the guy who's talking the most, and Kuz is in his second year in the league too. So, I mean, like Brandon Ingram's not very vocal. Lonzo's not very vocal, obviously. Kuzma's on Kuz was on the court, and like their average age on the court right now is like 23 years of age. And then JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler are just kind of like role players. Like they don't. They don't have the like they don't have the ability to take over a game like a Lamarcus Aldridge does or like a Jokic does, uh, if you're talking about from the straight center perspective. So, I mean, like they just, I don't know. I mean, like I don't know what you want. I don't know like you don't you don't you can't really get much. You're not gonna get much from the Lakers right now um, with guys like like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Kuzma. If kuzma has to be, if kuzma has to be your your vocal leader on the court I'm not saying that he can't do it but if he has to do it you're in trouble because he's he, he may be built for that a couple years down the line from now but right now in uh, his second year in the league he i don't think you number one a second year guy shouldn't be looked at to be the vocal leader of your team um in the first place especially if you're the Lakers. uh as you know a franchise as stored as the Lakers a second year guy can't be the voice of your team. He just cannot. Uh, and they're missing LeBron and that and it's showing and now the Jazz are surging because they now have the same record as the Lakers. And it's showing that the Lakers are in eighth and the Jazz are ninth, but really they're just tied. And the Jazz have won four in a row. And the Kings are right there too, because the Kings have won three in a row and they're tenth. And they're a half game back of the Lakers and the Jazz. And then the Timberwolves are sort of picking it up since they fired Tibbs. They're sort of I mean, they got blasted last night by 42 in the revenge game by Jimmy Butler, they lost by 42 points. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 19 on eight of 10 shooting for the Sixers in that blowout win. And he posted a meme talking about, you know, looking past to the future and Joel (laughs) Embiid, Embiid's Instagram post was funny. Uh, Embiid said he was happy to get the win with the third stringers against actual NBA players. I love Jojo. I, I hope Joel Embiid never, I like, I hope no one ever has to tell him to like comment down on Instagram or like social media, period, because he's so, like, he's so good. I mean, he's, ba- he backs up what he says, number one. And then number two, like, if he does have a bad game, I mean, he's, he trolls himself. So, I mean, you can't be upset at the guy, but he had a funny post. Um, I mean, the Pelicans, Mavs, Grizzlies are all there. The Phoenix Suns, they have 11 wins. I have to mention them every time now because they now have at least 10 wins. So, um, thank you, Phoenix. They're 2-8 in their last well, – that's, that's interesting. They're 2-8 in their last 10. I didn't know that they were so bad in their last 10. Um, but let's just, like – it's. I don't know. It's, this, this Lakers thing, they're going back to the Lakers. They're in the danger zone, especially with the Jazz kind of doing what they're doing, um, streaking. And speaking of the Jazz, that's going to lead us into our next segment, and we're going to break. Uh, we're going to take a break for a moment, and then I'll be back with uh, player analysis, on uh, one of the Jazz's rising stars. So stay tuned. All right, welcome into our player analysis segment. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that I introduced this segment on uh, for the first time last week. And it's where I take a look at someone or some people who are doing very well around the league, who are impacting their team. Um, and, and making a difference, um, you know, for their team in, in, a, in a really big way. Last week, I took a look at Victor Oladipo and clay Thompson. This week, I'm gonna take a look at the surging uh, Donovan Mitchell and the San Antonio Spurs' LaMarcus Aldridge. Starting with Donovan Mitchell, this is around the time, like last year, that Donovan really caught fire. Uh, I mean, like he started getting more minutes for the Jazz. And like this is around the time that they were sitting like thir- 19 and 31, and then he takes over. Uh, it might have been a couple of weeks ago, around you know like you know retro retrospective, and then the jazz like took off behind him. And you know your second year in the league, everybody already you know, there's this whole like sophomore slump and and everything. And Donovan, he hit it, but he didn't really hit it in a conventional way that everyone else hits it. So everyone else usually hits the sophomore slump, and like they're just really not playing well. They really look like Jason Tatum, like kind of like how he has so far this year. He's just struggling to shoot the ball. He's not shooting the ball as well as he did last year. Um, he's just struggling mentally. He's just you know, like things like that. Donovan, he struggled, but not like it's not like his shooting percentage struggled. Uh, he was still shooting a very high percentage from the field. He was still getting to the free throw line. He was still doing all of those things. He's been—I mean, like—he's been hit by some injuries. He sat out; a, he missed a couple of games this year already with with a groin injury. But I think Donovan's biggest thing is when I've watched him play this year, something that he did last year—he was very good at playmaking. You know, making plays for his teammates, drawing attention to himself, and and dishing the ball and, and passing it. Uh, you know, setting up people like Gobert, uh, Ingles, and Rubia who was shooting the ball really well last year. And so this year, I watched Donovan, and it seemed where he would pass the ball before, you know, the defense gets around him. He takes one extra dribble or, like, one extra step, and then all of a sudden he's in no-man's land where he's having to decide, like, do I want to throw the ball up at the rim and and see if I can get a foul called or do I just want to try to, like, make this pass out? And that's been the tough part, Um, just watching him at the beginning of the season and and watching the Christmas Day game and, and watching him lately. Uh, he just like, that was like his big thing. That was like his bugaboo. He was just driving, you know, I mean, like he's still driving the ball to the basket, but he gets to the basket and he takes just one extra dribble when, when he shouldn't. And all of a sudden he's got four guys around him and now he's trying to throw the ball up at the rim because he doesn't have anything else to do. And that sort of killed his, his shooting percentage, uh, for the season. But over his last 10, he's really picked it up and he's starting to round into form and he's averaging he's averaging more points than he did last year. So last year he averaged uh, for his, you know, I mean, that was his rookie season. He averaged 20 and this year he's averaging 21. So his assist numbers are the same his rebound numbers are the same. Um, but I mean, he, because he's played so well lately over his last 10 games, he's averaging 24. Uh, basically he's averaging 25 a game in his last 10 over his last five, he's averaging thirty-six and four. Like those are his splits uh, between points, assists, and rebounds. He's shooting the ball from the field. He's shooting the ball better over his last five. He's shooting forty-seven percent from three. Uh, I mean, he's taking. I mean, granted, he's only taking on average eight threes a game, but he's still making almost four of those. So that is a that's a big improvement from from what he started from this year, and, and he's just playing very well lately. Uh, he's. He's shooting forty-eight percent from the field um, over his last five games, and those are against—I mean, I know those are against the Bulls, the Lakers, the Magic, but one of those games is against the Bucks, one of the better defensive teams in the league, um, and, and against the Pistons. So, but you need those kinds of games, right? You need to play teams like the Bulls and the Magic and uh, and the Pistons to to build your confidence, right? Because no game number one is easy in the NBA, um, and especially when you're if you're having to play teams like the Warriors and the Nuggets and. Um, the Thunder, you know, teams who are at the top of the Western Conference and the Spurs who are good defensively. Like, if we're having a battle those kinds of teams every single night, it's easily, it's easy to lose confidence. But Donovan, he's, I mean, he's starting to pick it up again. Um, he's starting to catch stride. He's starting to hit his stride. And, and I've been reading up on Donovan because Donovan's going to be the subject of my of my blog this week. Uh, I'm going to dive into Donovan a little bit more, um, talking about, you know, uh, his, his struggles um, and how he's sort of like dragging his team out of it because now he's got them at 24 and 21. Like I said, in the last segment, he's got it before I, before we went to break, he's got them at 24 and 21. They're tied with the Lakers in, in record. Um, if you're looking at the standings, it has the Lakers at eight and the jazz at nine. Uh, but he's brought them back, right? Because they were, they were hovering like they were like two games under 500. Um, and now they've won four in a row. They won four in a row. And now they're back up to, or they're back up three, excuse me. Um, and, that, and that's a cool thing because he started out – he started the season out, you know, back back in October, three games into the season, he was shooting 34% from the field, um, 27% from three, and just 70% from the free throw line, right, which was not great. And then he goes, you know, he sits a couple of games out with his grunt injury, um, obviously because Donovan – you know, I mean, he 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 was injured. He that was something that he dealt with in the offseason. But before, like even before he sat out with the injury, he had gotten his he had gotten his average up to twenty three a game. And since then, he's just been on fire, right? So in the month of January, like so far this month, he's averaging twenty two a game on forty percent shooting from the field, forty four percent from three compared to last month when he was averaging 18 a game and he was shooting 38% from the field and 29% from the three. That's, that's what's being reported by Zach Hicken uh, of KSL sports out in Utah. Um, so considerably better, uh, considerably better. And I, and I did just name the teams that he's, who's, that he's played, you know, the bulls, some of those teams are not very good, but like I said, you need those kinds of games to build your confidence uh, because it's, it's very important. I mean, it's, he struggled. I mean, like he he struggled in the first half against Cleveland um, in one of those games. But then he's like he scored eleven points before, like in the final four minutes before halftime. And then he scores like he finishes the game with twenty six. So I mean, he scored fifteen in the second half. But, I mean, like just his play is elevating everyone else. He had thirty three um, against Orlando. It just. That was another slow start for him. So he's starting slow, but he's picking—he's picking it up over the, you know as the game goes. And part of that could be due to the fact that Rubio's been hurt. Um, so Rubio—I mean Rubio's been out with an injury, and so Donovan—he's really taking more. He's ha- he has the ball in his hands more. He's—he's he's having to p- make more plays. He—you know—he's seeing the floor, and he's having to really like pick and choose the times that he—you know—that he gets his buckets. Um, but now he's sort of finding it in the offense, or whereas before he was he was you know picking it. he was trying to like all right I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to like get myself going so that that way like everybody else can feed off of me, and that's probably why he was struggling so much on the field. But now he's getting everyone else involved like he was last year, and it's just kind of like it's just he's just falling into the ebb and flow of the game, the offense for the for the Jazz, and it's working out for him obviously because he's played so well and he's breaking out of his slump. He's really he's really busting out of it uh he's taking better shots from the field um I think his numbers around the basket are insane I think I, I mean his number like he's shooting so like his numbers his last four games listen to these numbers uh his last four games that 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 hicken reported so he's shooting 47 percent from zero to three feet away from the rim he's shooting 50 percent from three to ten feet away from the rim and he's shooting forty-six percent from ten to sixteen feet away from the rim, and those numbers are actually better, but somehow worse. I don't know. Like last month, he shot sixty-nine percent from zero to three feet, and then but he sh- but he only shot twenty-eight percent and forty-two percent from three to ten and ten to sixteen. So his his outside jump his his outside game is coming back to him, um, and I think that's a product of him just falling in line with the offense and just falling in line with the flow. Ingles is playing a lot better, favors, is stepping up and he's playing really well this year. Um they're missing Dante Exum, but they they added Corver. They you know, they added Corver in the trade a couple months ago. They've got Crowder who can stretch the floor. So Donovan, he's he's seeing that he doesn't really have to do everything by himself. Um he doesn't have to try to like ignite himself. He doesn't have to say like in order for us to win, like I have to play well like in the beginning of the game. He can sort of find his way as the game goes, and it's working out for him. Um, and that's a cool thing. Cool for Donovan. Happy for Donovan. Um, and now jumping ship to someone who's been doing this a long time and who's just really just turning it on, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. LaMarcus Aldridge, is, he's had some incredible games uh, over the last week. Um Really, just highlighted about that 56-point game in double overtime against the Thunder last Thursday on TNT, where he he was 20 of 33 from the field. He completely dominated. He was 16 of 16 from the line. He shot 60% from the field that game. I mean, in his last 10, he's averaging 27 uh, a game. In his last five, he's averaging 20, you know, 28 a game. So, and he's got his season average up to 20 a game. So, he's finding his way. He's taking over. Uh, it's, I mean, like, LaMarcus Aldridge that we saw last year when Kawhi Leonard missed the entire season, basically, was the LaMarcus Aldridge that we thought we were going to get in San Antonio in the beginning, and it just didn't sort of didn't work out that way. And Pop was just like, you know, he said he admitted, like, he tried to make LaMarcus conform to them when he really should have been catering to LaMarcus' strengths. And now that they're doing that, they're feeding them the ball in the block, they're running the offense through him. I mean, he's their prim- he's the primary scorer on th- that team. He's the primary scorer for the Spurs. They give the ball to him on the block. If he gets double teamed, he passes out of it, and everybody else around him makes plays. They've had the play of Derek White step up uh, at the point guard position. Bryn Forbes, um, who I am, I am, I'm a very big fan of Bryn Forbes. He's playing very well. He's shooting the he's shooting the ball effectively from outside from three. I mean, they've got Bellinelli off the bench. They've got Pal Gasol. He just came back, so that gives. I mean, that give them that gives the Marcus like another option. So they're just but they're just running the ball through him. They give him the ball. He he does what he does. And he's he's getting his points. He's scoring his he's getting his buckets. And that's a good thing because in order for the Spurs, the 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 reason why the Spurs have been playing so well lately and why they have jumped back into the playoff picture in the Western Conference, not only are they playing better on defense, but Lamarcus Aldridge is playing better. I mean, just looking at his game log completely. Uh, according to ESPN he's he's averaging 25 this month but towards the end of december kind of like when the spurs uh, i mean the spurs they really like made their run mid december um and then like they were sort of like even killed but like towards the end of december when they when they really turned it on he had games of 32 38 uh, 27 he had a 29 point game he had a 27 point game he had an – you know he had a twenty point game, and these are all the games that, where he scored well and they and they won. And then he had the fifty-six point game last week in, in that win against the Thunder. Um, and, and so he's just playing, he's just picking it up. And when they beat the Raptors on, you know, after the new year, he had twenty-three and five um, twenty-three and five assists. So he's shooting the ball well. He shoots sixty percent from the field on average for the month. He's getting to the line seven times a game, which is, you know, he's shooting 92% from the line. So he's not getting a lot of attempts, but he is making them. Uh, and he has to really go. He's really the catalyst for for that Spurs team because they don't have a Manu Ginobili. They don't have a Tony Parker who they just played in Charlotte on on Monday night. Um, they welcome Tony back to San Antonio. They played a cool video for him. Uh, they don't have like that Tony Parker guy because DeJounte Murray is injured. But like I said, Derek White is stepping into that role. He's playing very well. Uh, He's making plays for everyone else. He's shooting the ball effectively from the field, which opens it up for Lamarcus Aldridge down low to do you know to his fade you know his baseline fadeaway. He can hit that. He can hit that little running hook, uh, you know, going towards the basket with either his left or his right hand. He can get rebounds. He bangs down low. He can he he you know he can expand his game. He can shoot from outside. You know, about as close to the three-point line as you can get without shooting a three, he can do that. He can put the ball on the floor. So he's a very, he's a very dynamic force. And this is sort of what we thought we were gonna see from him when he first signed with the Spurs after leaving Portland. Because when he was in Portland, he was he was a, he was dominant. He was a perennial all-star. You knew what you were gonna get from Lamarcus every single night. You were gonna get like 20 and 10. And now he's rounding. He's doing that in San Antonio now. And that's a cool thing. And I like seeing it from Lamarcus. And the Spurs are playing much better. Uh, they've slipped lately. They're, I mean, so far this month, they're what, one, two, three, four. They're four and three this month, and they've lost two of their last three. And three of their last four. Um, but they'll pick it up. I mean, it's it's Popovich, it's Greg Popovich, and they all I mean, Greg, he knows what he's doing. Um, so I mean, two of the biggest, two of the better players right now picking it up around the league. Donovan Mitchell, LaMarcus Aldridge, doing really big things for their teams. Um, and that's our player analysis segment. We're going to we're gonna come back and we're going to wrap it up right, uh, really fast after the break. Uh, we're going to take one more break, um, so uh, stay tuned. All right, here we are. We're back. We're wrapping it up uh, with a couple of announcements here. Uh, number one, once again, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, that you guys have been showing me uh, over the last couple of months uh, since I've been doing this podcast and thank you for the support that you guys have been showing the blog. I really appreciate the feedback that I'm getting on the blog. Uh, thank you guys for letting me know that you guys are enjoying it um, and, and letting me know that, you know, that I'm addressing things that um, that you really didn't know that they were having happening in the league. And so I look forward to bringing you guys more content like that. And also I I'm looking forward to, um, Putting out a podcast um, more than once a week. I think as I get, you know, I think the the more you do something, the better you get at it, and the more comfortable you feel. And yeah, I'm 15 episodes in, and, and it's cool and, and everything. But I feel like I would feel like I would be more effective, or I could be more effective if I bring you guys a podcast at least twice a week. And so what I'm going to start doing now is trying to get you guys a podcast at least twice a week. And I'm going to start that this week. Uh, it's Wednesday right now. Uh, it's Wednesday today. I'm gonna look at trying to get you guys something by Friday. Um, that that time that way it gives me time to watch the Wednesday games, the Thursday games, and I can get you guys some fresh new content before the weekend and looking into the weekend and next week. So I think that just helps me a little bit more because it not only condenses or it allows me actually um, to not condense my episodes for you guys. Uh, it's it's tough trying to fit everything that happens. In the league over the course of a week um, into a 55 minute segment or an hour segment. And so, what I think I'm going to start doing is breaking this up into two episodes. And if these two episodes are maybe like 45 minutes or maybe like 30 minutes now, um, this may cut down the, the episode time. But I feel better about being able to bring you guys uh, good content and content that, you know, I'm not forgetting certain things. Like every time I, I finish an episode, I'm like, oh, uh, like, Dang, I forgot to, to put that into the, the podcast or I forgot to fit this into, po- into the podcast. And that's really why I started the blog is for things that I couldn't fit into the podcast. Um, but I feel more, I feel better about bringing you guys things that I'm not like, well, you guys are getting these scraps, like these leftovers in, in the blog because I couldn't fit it in the podcast. I feel better about bringing you guys fresh content for the blog and you know fresh content for the podcast so that, you know, to keep people interested. And so that's sort of what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to start trying to put out two episodes a week. Um, I usually record on Wednesdays. I may have to push this back to recording on Tuesdays and having this go live on Wednesdays or whatever the deal may be. Um, I'm looking at that, but definitely maybe like a Wednesday, Friday deal uh, from, pod, from podcast from here on forward. Uh, thank you guys for the support. Like I said, I'm on all streaming platforms um, that, you know, if you, if you, if you're on a, if you have a subscription to a platform, I'm on it. Um, and, and thank you for the support, continue listening and, uh, you know, appreciate the feedback, man. And and hope you guys have a wonderful week. Um, and things like that, you know, we just celebrated Martin the King's birthday, uh, or his birthday was just was yesterday the 15th, but we'll celebrate next Monday coming up. And, and that's, and that's a big thing as we head into black history month and in the month of February. So, um, just, to be able to do this right now, to be able to do what I'm doing. I'm just very grateful. Um, and I'll reflect on that more later on. So, uh, but episode 15, we're wrapping this up. Thank you all for the support. Um, hope you guys have a wonderful week. All right, we're out.